The following program brought to you by Comprehensive Financial Consultants and CFCI, which is solely responsible for its content. Securities are offered through J.W. Cole Financial, member FINRA and SIPC. Investment advice offered through CFCI and J.W. Cole Advisors. J.W. Cole Financial, J.W. Cole Advisors, and CFCI are unaffiliated entities. The opinions expressed by the members of CFCI and their guests should not be construed as specific investment, legal, or tax advice. All economic and performance information is historical and not indicative of future results. Investing may involve the risk of loss of principal, and any tax advice on the show is not intended to be used by any persons for the purpose of avoiding U.S. federal or state tax. Penalties that may be imposed on such persons and each listener should seek advice from their tax advisor or legal counsel on topics that arise from the show. The representatives of CFCI and their guests are not providing legal or tax advice, and nothing should be construed as a solicitation to offer or buy securities. Now enjoy the show. Hey everyone, welcome to the big show, Your Money with David Hayes. I'm very excited today. We have Stu Cobines going to be in the house. We'll take a break in just a few minutes and come back with Stu. But Stu was a CPA at the Indiana University and he has retired and he and I have been talking about the retirement journey. And I think it's so cool when we have people that have real life experiences and can share them with you and maybe talk about some of the tips and tactics and hurdles that have to be overcome, things you have to think about as you enter that new part of your life. So before we get to all that, let's give a shout out, because I forgot last week, to Kenny Bland Auctions. They want to be your full service auction service. They can offer the pre-planning, the sale of your estate or real estate. Visit my good friend Dirk and Nikki at KennyBlandAuctions.com. And then to get your estate in order, like I always say every single year, make 2024 the year you finally get your estate in order. Call Lance Like at the Like Law Group. Give yourself and your family that peace of mind that comes with proper estate planning. Call Lance again at 812-323-8300. All right, let's talk a little market and then we will get to the show. So let's talk about last week's stocks ran up to new highs last week on the back of this IAI stuff. Semiconductor company, of course, we know who that is in NVIDIA. Everyone's talking about that. So investors believe that AI has the potential to transform the U.S. economy. That's what rode last week to its high. Stocks traded fairly tight range for the first half of the, sh- of the shortened week. And then we didn't have a lot of economic data, and we were waiting some earnings results from the key companies that create chips that power the artificial intelligence operations of many firms. So we had a strong fourth quarter corporate report and long-term message from NVIDIA that pushed the S&P and NASDAQ to new highs on Thursday. NVIDIA's market cap rose by an astounding $277 billion, yes, that's with a B, on the news, pushing it to a $2 trillion valuation. To put that in perspective, this is crazy. NVIDIA's market cap is now roughly the same size as Canada's economy. It's 16% gain on Thursday with the largest one-day market cap increase by any U.S. company. And always for my compliance friends, companies mentioned for illustrative purposes only should not be considered a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any company connected with AI. All right, so what happened this week? Well, we had some producer price numbers come out, and the market is reacting accordingly because we still can't quite get this inflation thing under control. Jimmy uh, gave me a pretty interesting uh, news of the week. You know, of course, we've seen Lilly and others have these weight loss drugs, diabetes drugs slash weight loss drugs. He said here, the widespread use of powerful new weight loss drugs in the United States could boost GDP by 1%. That's that's a lot, actually, in the coming years, as lower obesity-related complications are likely to boost 
workplace efficiency, as according to Goldman Sachs. We'll see if that's true. Remember, these are economists talking, and what have I always said? How do you know the difference between a quack and a great economist? Give me 30 years and I'll let you know. Because that's about how long it takes before you can look back and say, wow, they were right or they were wrong. Some analysts have predicted the market for weight loss drugs could reach $100 billion by year end of this decade. And, of course, you have a couple people in that race. The class of drugs called GLP-1 are being keenly pursued by several companies and more could enter the market depending on clinical trials. So let me, let me give you a little bit of a warning. When everyone gets all jacked up about one company or two companies and it's per certain drug, sometimes we find out they don't work the way they're supposed to work. So I, I have a friend who's been on this drug for a while. She's lost a ton of weight, almost, almost well, too much weight, I think, in even her opinion. But at what point do you get off of the drug? Her numbers for diabetes aren't actually coming down that quickly. So, you know, this is all still new. They did a lot of trials and all that, and they've waited to approve it. But I'm just being, being honest with you to say, listen, don't put all your eggs in one basket. It's fine to own these companies that I've mentioned, uh, but don't go hog wild on them because you never know when it's going to come back to bite you. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, Stu Cobine, 40 years as a CPA. We're going to talk about his mindset moving into this new retirement journey and uh, just some of the things that you should do and think about. It's going to be a great show. I'll be right back. It's Your Money with David Hayes. Welcome back, everyone. It's Your Money with David Hayes on this beautiful Thursday in Bloomington, Indiana. If you're listening to the show on Thursday night at 6 o'clock, congratulations because it is a beautiful day. If it's Saturday morning, I have not looked at the weather, and I'm actually going to be down in Florida on Saturday. I'm leaving Saturday morning, coming back Monday. My dad and I are going on a fishing trip. We're fishing with Roland Martin, of all things. If you're a fisherman, you probably know who that is. You probably know who Bill Dance is. I grew up watching these fishing shows on TV. Probably probably helped create the love for fishing that I have. The only difference between TV fishing and reality fishing is you really don't catch them like they show you on TV. Roland said he'll go out for an eight-hour stint to produce a 30-minute show, and that's why they catch fish every 30 seconds. And that's I'm thinking, why am I not catching fish like this? So Roland's 82 years old, still does a lot of work with Bass Pro Shops and Tracker Boats, so... I'm not sure how Dad pulled this off, but I am providing the transportation. He's providing the fishing. It's just a bang, bang, back to Bloomington. So more to report as uh, my dad's starting to slowly coast into retirement. So Stu Cobine's here with me. Stu's a friend of mine, been a client for a while as well. Stu, you were a CPA for 40 years, pretty smart guy, really smart guy, uh, worked with numbers, big numbers in your no. role at Indiana University. And um, you've, you've obviously floated into retirement with ease. You don't seem to have any regrets. You've lost a lot of weight. You look great. You're happy. You've always been happy. But, um, yeah, give us a little insight about uh, what a 40-year career at Indiana University looked like and now as you move into, uh, as you have moved into this retirement journey. Well, David, thanks for actually having me here and uh, those uh very nice and uh, wildly uh, exaggerated uh, nice things you said about me. Um, but IU, uh, what a wonderful career. I was actually there at Indiana University for 37 years. I was in the CPA business in one sense or another for about five years before that and um, started out with a, uh, uh, I'd say, a regional size accounting firm up in Indianapolis, uh, uh, Whipple & Company. Its name has since changed. 
but um, was a great place to start. And I would being grounded, coming straight out of uh, the IU School of Business before it was the Kelly School. It's that yeah, long. To, it's it's been a long time Kelly ago. Yes, well. I, I was Kelly before it was Kelly. So. <laughs> Uh, came out of came out of there in 1981, and uh, it was a, just a great place to uh, to start a business career and as a CPA, and just learned a lot of really wonderful lessons uh, in those few years up there about client service and providing value to clients and just that kind of attitude, and uh, and a continuous improvement sort of mindset when it came to doing what you're doing. Um, uh, and then went on, came back to was able to come back to Bloomington. Uh, my wife Sandy and I had been hoping to get back here. We're both from, uh, I'm from Bloomington. She's uh, from over in Eastern Greene County, and uh, wanted to get back uh, to Bloomington and was able to, uh, uh, fortunate enough to get a job as the uh, internal auditor at the IU Credit Union, and uh, worked with some great, wonderful people there for a couple years, and then had a chance to jump over to a position in the accounting department at uh, IU in '86 and. Uh, and it's like, and then you blink, and thirty-seven years go by, yeah, and yeah. and here we are. But uh, was uh, Indiana University was a great place uh, to work, and I because uh, and we used to talk about this around the, the university. I use a great place to. It's a great institution because there are great people that work there. You're just surrounded by with people who are um, who are not only very sharp uh, and uh, really you know uh, really know their stuff, but who are just really good solid people. And um, so I was blessed to work for a lot of people like that over the years who gave uh, gave me and gave other people an opportunity to expand in a job. And so that's, you know, one thing led to another. And uh, so I really sp- didn't spend most of my career working as an accountant, uh, even though I've maintained that CPA um, uh, uh, certification. Uh, spent most of those years uh, working in uh, higher ed education finance uh, Treasury, and then the last uh, the last seven or eight years as their uh, chief audit officer. But uh, all along the way, was able to work for and learn from just really fantastic people, and uh, tried to transmit as much of that down down and around as possible. There were a lot. There was a lot of good information uh, sharing that went around went along in the those areas. So. Um, those are the kind of things that, uh, and in all that that things I learned early. Uh, well, who about, was president when you first? Was uh, it, John, John Ryan. Ryan. Actually, yeah. I went through. So it's been. So it was. Uh, let's see. What we went. John Ryan, Tom Ehrlich, uh, Miles Brand, uh, Jerry Bepko as an interim. Right. Um, I'm having I've having brain fade. Uh, That's all right. I'm thinking got, about. I've got John, my list. I thought it was John Ryan because uh, yeah, Doctor Ryan and I were very close, and Pat um, we're still very close. In fact, they have four great basketball seats, and two of them are shared by uh, people from my office, so they get the privilege of sitting by Pat at every Indiana basketball game. So she's still out and, and about doing great, and uh, yeah, so that's that's great. So I think that people who know things and you knew a lot about what you what you did for a living uh like you said finance um you had to make a decision to move into retirement and a lot of it's because of the way the retirement plan is structured for the folks that were hired back in the early 80s to kind of have a targeted retirement date sort of a pre-planned thing and if you don't do it then you kind of lose it so you were able to move into retirement and that's mindset that you talked about of client service, value, continuous improvement uh, mindset 
Um, I tell folks when you move into retirement, you have to think about the things that you that you really like uh, beyond the paycheck. Like why are you why do you work beyond the paycheck? And I think it's important for people to understand how to fill those holes, those gaps. So how have you done that as you've entered into your new retirement journey? Well, I think you have to, one of the things you have to do is uh, there's there's a kind of a almost like this anticipation that, okay, now I'm retired. Now I can do all of this stuff all at once, you know, and it's, and I'm going to go back to, and I'm going to capture the capture the, the, the last couple presidents that I kind of le- truncated my list on, Adam Herbert and Michael McRobbie. One of the things that was uh, great about Michael was his long view uh, and his strategic view, not just for this year and not just for five years, but way down into the future. And that, in fact, uh, one of the first things that he did when he became president at IU was to build a, an incredible 10-year strategic plan. And uh, my connection with that was that on the financing side, there were a lot of facilities involved in that. But as you could see, uh, a lot of work went into planning for the future. Right. And but then the other part of that is executing. Then yeah. you have to put to put it into place. So, you know, I, I spent uh, the last couple years before I retired talking to wise people who are uh, have been there, had already a few years ahead of me or farther mm-hmm. ahead. Or who knew me well? Some and we mentors. started working together a few, like three years before you retired. Four years? Yeah, I don't know. yeah, probably. Yeah, probably, I'd say four, probably, probably four, four or years. five years. Yeah, yeah. yeah, four or five years ago. And that was p- part of part of this thinking ahead and planning, not just for the you know what the happens that year when I retire, right. but on out into the future. What happens down five years, ten years? Right. You know, all the different things we have to be aware of. And you took advantage of things like webinars, seminars. You know, listening the, to a really great radio show that you're now currently part of. That's right. Yes, it's, it is. It is. And, and the things that, you know, and one of the things, and David, uh, you know, to uh, pat you on the back for this, you, you are a extremely sharp individual, but you have surrounded yourself uh, with very sharp experts in a number of different areas. And that's one of the, the wonderful things about my experience at IU is that there were so many, so many people that knew had a great expertise in certain uh, areas, whether it was finance, accounting, building facilities, things like that. Uh, and again, you know, all the academic, uh, all the academic disciplines. Well, that's that's a fa- and, foundational thing of any business owner is circle yourself, surround yourself with great people, right. and it, it'll work out. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk to uh, Stu about some of the things that he determined or he, he determined that you guys need to know about, about being diligent about as you move into that next uh, phase of your life. That's your retirement journey. We'll be right back. It's Your Money with David Hayes. Welcome back, everyone. It's Your Money with David Hayes. Bobine is my guest. Stu is a newly retiree from Indiana University, a CPA by trade, worked in high finance out there at Indiana University. And, uh, you know, we've been talking about this retirement journey, all the things you have to do. And, Stu, one of the things you talked about for people as you move into this journey is understand what you need to do early and think about often. One of the things was talking about enrolling into uh, health care plans. And, and, and I would, uh, you, you mentioned earlier uh, about in the earlier segment about uh, seminars and webinars and fantastic local radio shows. <laughs> and I was, one of the things that I'd been thinking about was how I tried to go to as many of the 
quote, before you retire, unquote, programs that the IU Human Resources Department put on and others that you would see from that, you know, very, I had, you know, got a lot of, uh, had a lot of connections with CPA firms and consulting firms and, you know, they put things out and, you know, you can never go to too many of those early on because there's so many things that you really need to be thinking about um, that, you know, you, they, they don't all show up at the same session. Yeah, the big ones are obviously, you know, yeah. health care, Social Security timing, uh, where and how to set up your retirement accounts for proper withdrawal to avoid, you know, sequence of return risk or managing your taxes, all that type of stuff. And as smart as a lot of people are and they try to do this on their own, sometimes they can and sometimes they need some help. I, I do worry sometimes when I run into people that, that overload themselves up with opinions, with other opinions, and you can have paralysis by overanalysis. Did you find that to be the case at all? Sometimes you felt yourself feeling paralysis because of almost overload? I, I actually was looking at the file that I put together of <laughs> paper. And yes, I mean, I'm I'm an electronic guy, but I still keep paper a lot, and uh, or I kept paper a lot. And I, I, there was a lot of redundancy in some of the things that I had listened to and put mm-hmm. in there. And then I would find myself going, okay, there at a, at a point in time you go, all right. And that's when you, you look, just have to swallow, right? Well, and, but that's, again, that's, that's the value of having one or two, what I would call trusted advisors. And I know that's, you know, different, uh, different disciplines use that phrase. People like yourself, uh, who have, who have a broad range of, of expertise and can sort of help focus on when you're sitting around thinking about, you know, four plates spinning in the air at the same time and, and who can say, look, you only need to worry about those two plates. Yeah. It's okay if the other four, other two drop. We need, just need to keep these two plates in the air. So Something that you wrote down in preparing for this is downstream impact of like lump sum distributions because a lot of people think, okay, when I retire, I'm going to pay my house off and take out this $200,000 and boom, they do it, and and they don't really understand the impact of that from a tax perspective, from a potential increase in Medicare premium. Um, they, you have all, all of this to consider. So again, getting ahead of it five years in your case maybe, um, planning for the things you wanted to get tidied up and taken care of before retirement, you did a great job of that, and therefore, you know, you're happy. <laughs> you have a happy, happy retirement. Well, and and, and but even even trying to do that in advance, and you and I have talked about this quite a bit in the last year. Um, there's still things that you don't, you know, you can you can try and learn as much as you can, but there's things you don't really understand mm-hmm. until you go through the process. And so, you know, you may have it, you may, it may be head knowledge, but then, okay, how do we actually do this practically speaking? And I've had, and I've run into a couple of those just in the past year uh, with some of these downstream impacts. And I think, you know, we talked about obviously the tax imp- implications of the lump sum distributions uh, to do, to do good things like, you know, re-roof your house or, you know, do, you know, paying off uh, some, you know, the, the the last of the parent plus loans or whatever it was uh, that you're getting yourself positioned for a, you know, maybe uh, reducing your your monthly cash flow a little bit as you uh, get into retirement. But, um, you know, I mean, it's one thing to think about, okay, we got to gross up the payment and make sure, you know, the taxes are withheld. But when you start thinking about, oh, I'm going to take a lump sum distribution of X, X dollars. Well, it's actually X dollars minus Thirty percent, right. you know, right. or right. or something, you know, when you start taking federal tax, state tax, and and the various things into a into a into account. So uh, that's one thing. But then, 
as as you investment folks know, you know, if you take a dollar out today on day one of retirement, that dollar is not just a dollar. That's mm-hmm. that dollar, yeah, but you know, invested over the next. 25 however, years. However yeah. many years, you know, you the have. Lord gives you. So, right, you know, right. so maybe it's 10 or 15 or maybe it's 30. And so you, that's that's a big thing. And so one of the things that I've heard from you and from others, you know, basically temper temper the, the withdrawals, especially early, uh, early in that. In yeah, time yeah. Period. It's so much easier to go up than down. You yeah. know, if you start off and say, you know, I think I could probably live on my 6,000 a month. Um, but you know, let's make it eight. Well, let's start with six and see, because if you go to eight, you're going to get used to eight. I, I laughed at my dad about this because, you know, he delayed social security to 70 and this is common knowledge we talk about all the time on the radio. And, you know, he thought, okay, when I get to 70, I'll take this benefit and then I'm going to save it all for the next five years. So I'm 75 and then I'll have this big chunk of money and I can pay my house off. Well, he, he kind of liked to get a he got him a camper and he built a shed and a new deck. So <laughs> you can get used to the extra money. And he laughed because that you're right. And I told him that I said you're going to get used to this extra money. But it all it all works out in the end. We you um you mentioned in in your outline you gave me, which we talk about this all the time, is you know one of the things that extra income can do is make your Medicare premiums go up. And if you have if you kind of boil all of the income into the year that you retire. Right and then you go on to Medicare, you can go back and ask for a waiver. Like, yeah, I didn't really make, I'm not going to make all that money this year or going forward. You'll have your severance page, vacation pays. And if you're going to do it, do it that year, take a big lump sum out and just pull it all off in one year. I don't know if you had to go through the Medicare waiver process or not. Well, it was what happened in our case. And, and, you know, again, there are, there are always, it's, it's, I think this may fall in the category of no good deed goes unpunished uh, <laughs> because one of the things that we had talked about was, you know, our house is, is 20 years old uh, the year I retired. And uh, we were like, OK, let's kind of make sure that it's, it's ready for the next 20 years. And again, also pay off uh, a few a few debts we still had outstanding, ex- except for the mortgage. Uh, and um, we we did that. And knowing that there were going to be the tax implications, but then I didn't really factor in what impact that would have on the Medicare premiums until we got actually towards the end of the next year. Because what happens is Social Security, you know, talks to the IRS. And once you, you know, you see your your tax return and then it takes a while and then you get a letter that says, excuse me, you're. Your uh, Medicare premium is going up X hundred dollars. Yeah. Okay, wow. Uh, and and it really, it's if you pay if you paid attention better than I did, uh, you can see that there are just like there are tax brackets. There are Medicare premium income brackets. Right. And we happened because we did a lot that first year. We bumped up over one of those brackets. Well, levels. and even if you bump by one dollar, right. it, it goes up. Unlike it our does, tax bracket, this somewhat you know marginalized. Right. You go one buck into it, bang! Your premiums go up. Right. So, and I didn't. Ex- I I have no problem with paying more for my Medicare because I make, uh, you know, I've been blessed to to make more money than somebody else does. But um, if you pay, you need to know where those brackets are. And so, to your point earlier, maybe instead of taking it all out that first year, I mean, you can have a couple different strategies. Yeah, yeah. You know, in case maybe you take, you know, maybe you temper that over a couple, a year or two or three. Uh, depending on 
on how that trades off. But that was something that I just hadn't, you know, it's like you you didn't understand it until you went through it. Yeah. Good news is the Medicare waivers, actually, you mail them to our local office. Yep. And I had Jolene Dixon on last week. She uh, pretty much runs that place over there. And she said, you know what, we try to work really hard to figure out a way to get you the waiver. They're very reasonable. They, I was going to, I'm going to put a plug in for, uh, for for the local office, the mo- that local office, my experience, I actually uh, went in and uh, taught the, 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 the gentleman that uh, helped me was incredibly helpful, very, very client service oriented mm-hmm. and, you know, kind of walked through what I what I thought I'd read in, in the commu- in the literature about it. And he said, OK, you need to do this. And, and I said, do I need to do this online? He said, you can bring you can mail it here, or bring it right back. We'll make sure that it gets taken care of you know, on a, on a timely basis and make sure you do this and this and include this documentation, just went through the whole thing, was extremely helpful. And, and I have also found, uh, uh, frankly, the Social Security website to be extremely helpful as yeah, well. It's sure. very user-friendly, and when it comes to, maybe we can talk about this in another segment, but talking about, uh, you know, Medicare Part D and, and prescription drugs and what's covered and what's not and the different uh, providers uh, it's an extremely useful tool and, yeah. and not difficult to use. Yeah, I think we'll talk about that when we come back. You did say something in your outline about don't assume anything automatically renews <laughs> after December 3rd. What, what's the story behind that? Well, th- that's just one of those where, you know, and w- when you're, when you're uh, bridging from retirement and depending on your employer, <laughs> there you may have some options for a post-retirement employer-provided plan like IU has available mm-hmm. through Blue IU, but then there are also a, a range of supplemental uh, Medicare plan supplements that you can get into. If you're going with an employer plan, that you know it's not just a continuation of the old plan, but just you know with a different yeah, time right, period. Right, right. And so, to the extent that you've had anything set up to do automatic deductions, especially on the banking side, you know those all have to be re- you know set up again mm-hmm. and. That uh, frankly, I think that was been the case with. Uh, you have to reaffirm that with uh, the Medicare the automatic yeah, payments. Yeah. So you know, speaking of the blue plan, you, you when people first look at it, they're like, wow, it's expensive. But um, Josh at our office, our Medicare guru, he says that if you can afford it, take it because eventually the private plans price will exceed that plan, and that price stability has been really good. Now, some people don't have the money to do it. You have to go with a more traditional, maybe, advantage plan. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, continue on with Stu Cobine. I want to talk to Stu about becoming a financial power of attorney. You know, we've all had to deal with aging parents, and it helps you put in perspective what you need to do yourself so that your kids aren't put in some of the same positions that that you might be, be maybe put into, try to get ahead of some of this stuff. We're going to take a quick break. It's your money with David Hayes. Welcome back, everyone. It's your Money with David Hayes. Hope you're enjoying your day or enjoyed your day. If you're on a Thursday, Saturday morning, I hope you enjoy your day. Stu Cobine is my guest. And Stu, we've been through uh, several things already on the show. And one of the things that um, you and I talk about, uh, or you and I have talked about, is you know how to deal with being prepared to help an aging parent. And then how it puts in perspective what you need to do for yourself to make sure that your kids have what they need, the tools they need to take care of maybe you. 
So let me back up just a second, folks. We haven't done a real estate planning show for a while, but you have two sets of documents. You have living documents and you have documents after you pass away. What are living documents? Healthcare representative, right? Someone can make healthcare decisions for you. Power of attorney, financial power of attorney, so someone can make financial decisions for you. Then you have things like a living will, which says, yes, keep me plugged in or don't keep me plugged in or make my health care rep decide. Then you have your, your death documents. That's your will. Your, um, your power of attorney dies when you do, things like that. You have durable power of attorney. You have springing power of attorney. I always say, and you've heard me say this before, just if you trust someone to give them your power of attorney, just give it to them. Because whenever you need it, you need it now. You don't want to wait to have a doctor or two doctors certify that, you know, you're incapacitated. Just give it to them. So, Stu, um, being a financial power of attorney or, or the primary financial advisor for your parents um, is not easy. It's not easy, is it? It it takes a little bit of time, but it's, it's a... It's a uh, <clears throat> The overused phrase is a labor of love, but it really it really is. And this is one of those things where um, if if, as you alluded to just a moment ago, if you pay attention and have the right documents in place early on, it makes everything a lot easier. Yeah. Um, So that, in fact, when uh, when a parent uh, does start to need some help everything's already in place and it doesn't take, you know, weeks or months to get other documents taken care of and names changed on bank accounts and uh, things like that. Um, so when your parents, uh, if you have a situation, and <clears throat> we've been through this with my, my father-in-law, and we were fortunate enough to keep him at home all the way to the, to the very end, my mom the same way, uh, with my stepdad there and a few caregivers uh, coming in to help out. Um, but sometimes, and it was actually that way with Misty's dad, right at the very end, we were like, he's going to have to go into a nursing home. But if you have a parent that's maybe moving into, it's called assisted living or some other transitional uh, part of their life, you've been through that. Tell us how you sort of made the decisions to um, put mom in a particular spot versus another spot. Because it, it does take some evaluation. Don't just, because... Jim said this is a good spot. Here's where I'm going to go because everyone's different on what they need. Well, and that that's been the uh, the uh, that's been the the way it worked with my mom. Um, uh, she's been able to uh, has been able to make the decisions she wanted to make, and uh, it's been you know things have worked out well. So really, in that sense, uh, me and and my brothers have been more facilitators than than decision makers but the, but early on before uh, long before my dad passed away um, they uh, my folks had, had had done the smart thing of having all of those kinds of documents in place the powers of both a you know if you will a general or financial right. power of attorney uh, health care power of attorney the, the all the related health care uh, uh, elections and things like that and they did that early on and i remember i think i remember thinking when they were doing that i was like man they're not old enough to do that yet but <laughs> it was you know those it's yeah. you're really not too old you know Ever. if you've got yeah. if if you have especially if you have kids you know uh, it's not it's not too late it's not too early to start putting things like that together not too old or not too young <clears throat> so <clears throat> Stu, we uh <clears throat> sorry about that beauty of live radio <laughs> so um Real quick, I, I, we, we were talking about that, and something popped in my mind about um, that. Oh, I always tell people, if they don't know if their parents have stuff in place, a great trick is this. 
and and there might be too private to tell you. you go, hey mom, hey dad, um, Misty and I were thinking about getting our estate plan done, and we were going to get a will and a power of attorney. Just curious, like when you and dad did yours, who did you go see? And then right there, you'll know if they did it or not. Did, did, did they haven't or have or have not done it? So a little trick there that for be, uh, people people to know. Uh, everybody listening should write that one down. <laughs> it's a good one. <clears throat> Easy. You can trick anybody into, <laughs> into what, getting what you need out of them. So some of the things you did um, or you mentioned here when you're trying to figure out the best place for someone, you know, ask about staff turnover. You know, it's, I think at least a core group of continuity is super important. We know there's a lot of turnover at these at these places, um, but mainly the, the core people like the head nurses, you know, the people that are really in charge. Um, also about their in-house pharmacy and does it cost a lot more to have them manage the prescriptions? Um, ask them about, you know, things that have gone wrong. You know, it's okay yeah. to ask them that. Um, hopefully they'll tell you the truth. And you said something about make sure that you use the preferred pharmacy. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, if you, and what I was uh, talking about there was a lot of, as I as I have found out in going around and evaluating, and there are some very, very good facilities here in oh, yeah, the we're Monroe fortunate. County and around here. Really, really blessed to have a number of really, really good facilities here. Uh, but uh, my understanding is that many of them pretty much require you to use, I mean, it's it's most convenient for both the staff and generally for the the residents to use their in-house pharmacy. Uh, but sometimes those in-house pharmacies don't price the prescriptions as as low as a large, for a CVS, for example. I'm right. not promoting anybody, but one of the large, you know, Walgreens, whatever, the large chains or, uh, you know, the, uh, the large healthcare uh, uh, conglomerates, uh, the pricing may not be the same. And so then when you're when you're evaluating and you're doing if, uh, the Part D, right. and you know looking at once ever annually at the Part D plan, uh, pharmacies, what do they make sure that you find your facility's pharmacy or the ones you're thinking about in advance? And say if you're looking at two or three different facilities around the area, you, you know, you kind of wonder if you don't have someone advocating for you like that. Like what happens? You know, because here you are advocating for your folks or your mom, and um, I mean I think yeah. that's another thing. A lot of people don't have someone that's nearby that can do that. So who is the advocate in the facility to help make sure these folks are taken care of? They have people. Yes. And, and, and they're usually, and I, I know in a couple experience there, and I can't, the, the titles or names yeah, will right. change within the facility, but there is somebody who in, in most of these facilities, who's uh, if you will, the client, or I won't say client, I'm saying the resident, you know, relations person or the resident right. care uh, person who's not, involved hands-on on nursing care and things like that but is is looking out for what's what's the best for for their residents and they 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 take their 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 uh, responsibilities to their residents uh, seriously it's not just people who are renting a room I right, mean they really awesome. do treat them like they are their like their guests yeah we know? are we are we are very blessed to have a lot of facilities that um, have capacity I know some of the underserved communities do not have facilities like what we have or the capacity to take on new people. So, you know, and I know moving a parent to where you are is also somewhat of a challenge. And, and there's tricks that I've got up my sleeve to uh, get uh, your siblings to agree to it, get your, your mom or dad to agree to it. 
And I always tell people, if you're stressed out about doing something uh, that you think will make your mom and dad mad, it's never as bad as you think. It is never as bad as you think. And I, I've been through that personally. I've seen it professionally. And just it's never as bad as you think. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to continue this uh, discussion with Stu. And the next thing I want to talk about is have people, once you've retired and they've seen you retire, how many people that you worked with that are planning to retire hey, go, hey, Stu, can I talk to you about how this worked for you? I'm going to be right back. It's Your Money with David Hayes. Welcome back, everyone. It's Your Money with David Hayes. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. You know, uh, Stu Cobine has been my guest kind of on this retirement journey that he has been on and hopefully settled into by now. I think he has. It seems like he has. And, um, you know, I always tell people when you try your best, not everyone's wired this way, but I always say, you know, try to be an advocate for people. Um, and what I mean by that is when you when someone needs help or you see they need help or even if they don't know they need help, you jump in there and say, hey, you really should be putting 10 percent away in this 401k. Hey, you probably should be, you know, maybe paying attention to this or that. So, Stu, here you are. Well, very well known in the IU community. Um, you uh, well, your office was right there on 7th Street, right? Yep. And you rode your bike to work every day on the uh, new bike lane? Yeah, no, no, I did not. <laughs> I did not. I, uh, That's an inside joke. I did folks. not avail myself <laughs> of the Seventh Street bike lane, <laughs> and I'm glad I didn't drive a city bus. Yeah, right. Say. Yeah, or any any kind of a big vehicle. But here you are retired. I know people look at you and say, "Man, Stu looks seems so happy. He's retired." Um, are folks reaching out to you to say, "Hey, Stu, how did you do this? How did you do that?" I've I've had a couple folks that have done that. Although in my situation, I was most of my. Uh, peers, colleagues, and and uh, buddies from IU over the years were a little bit older than I am. So, okay. uh, and a lot of a lot of us <laughs> retired within a relatively small window. And so there are a few, uh, but I do I have gotten a few calls, and and I would say um, more more than more than former colleagues, just friends and f- people from church, and yeah. just p- people that we've been connected with through yeah. our. Through our kids and you know sports over the years, you know a lot of connections in the community, and have had a couple of people ask about that, and that's one of those things where it's I think it's in, it's incumbent on us to you know help out wherever. I mean, obviously you don't want to you know butt in where you're not wanted, right? But, but right, to the right, extent right. that you can share uh, some a little bit of personal experience uh, with people before they get there. Uh, it's usually appreciated. Uh, was there one big thing that, um, I know we've talked about it a lot, but if, if someone said, man, Stu, I'm actually retiring, and, and was there one thing that sticks out in your mind that you might say, hey, this is just one thing that I want you to know that I didn't know that I thought, you know, I'm just going to share with well, you? Well, one of, a, one of the most valuable pieces of advice that I think I got, and I got this from several of my mentor friends who had retired sooner, was this and it was you're going to have a lot of opportunities to do things with the time that you now have uh, after retiring don't take the first year just to kind of sort it out and don't make they said don't make too many big time commitments Uh in that first year you may have people call and say would you be on the board for this organization or that organization or you know there are there are, there are just a myriad of wonderful 
organizations locally in Bloomington and Greene County, where where we live, uh, that help uh, to help other people out through church, through our church or wherever. But um, and I, and I'm saying don't not be involved. So get involved, but in terms of significant time commitments. So take a year, kind of figure out, get get used to the flow, kind yeah. of figure it out first. And then if you want to do something completely different, or you may decide that you're professionally restless and you'd like to get back in the show Which somehow. you and I talked about that. Just yeah, a little bit. Ago. But, yeah, you know, yeah. let don't make any, you know, quick trigger decisions, you know, yeah. like right off the bat. And I've, I, I think that that helped actually take some pressure off in that first year because, you know, there are things that you think, hey, I'd like to do this, I'd like to do this. And then part of it is let it come, basically let it come to you. Yeah. If you've got kids, grandkids, parents still living, things, you know, things happen. And that, that hey, yeah. well, it's a good thing I've got some time to do this. So how busy are you? Uh, I peep, the, the question I get, the first question is, hey, how's retirement? Are you enjoying that retirement pace? And I was like, the retirement pace seems to be faster. I don't know how it's not any slower than, or how it's not. Yeah, you know, it know. just hasn't. Cha- it doesn't seem it's changed. It's different things, and it's it's all it's good. It's mm-hmm. all it's all good, but uh, the pace has <clears throat> kept up, and you know part of that has to do with with uh, just the the volume of things that we're we're already involved in anyway. So. You've heard me say this, Stu. I'm, I'm sure, but I I say to people all the time the key to a happy retirement is faith, family, friends, and a fixed income stream. Something you can rely on. That, uh, that sounds that sounds that sounds very uh, in, in wiser that, that wise words. In very that, very in wise that, words. In that order. So all right, yes. we're gonna take a quick break, come back and wrap this thing up. It's your money with David Hayes. Welcome back, everyone. You know, I get, went to the break, and Stu's writing down the four the four Fs, faith, family, friends, and a fixed income stream. And and you said that you have to have that um, to get you through some tough bumps because you will have some bumps. Yes. And it's, uh, you know, I think, uh, I mean, the importance of of uh, faith in, in, in our family, in our situation, uh, the, there are, you know, we've been blessed in a lot of ways, but, you know, uh, Life, life is not easy. Good and, family and relationships, having friends to do stuff with. Yes, you know, having reliable streams of income. You don't have to worry about the markets up or down today. It's just super important. It it is extremely important. Um, and and I, it is. You, you've mentioned. So you know, I seem happy. Well, um, I, I would attribute that to the the faith and the family and the friends part of that. The fi- the, the fixed income stream. You know, if I had to, if I had to keep working for another twenty years, I'd be okay doing that. I enjoy. I, you know, I was blessed to have been able to do work that I enjoyed with people that I loved for yeah. you know forty some years. So uh, I guess that's why I'm happy now. I love so, it. Yeah. I love it. All right, folks, I hope you enjoyed it. Thursday night, 6 o'clock, of course, is initial airing, and then it will be wherever you get your favorite podcast. Right after that, Saturday mornings at 9 o'clock, if you're rolling around Bloomington or I think even in Martinsville all the way down to Washington County, you can usually pick it up. So, Stu, thank you very much for being part of the program. Next week, we have the question and answer show, and Jimmy Inman has been emailing around the office about questions that have come up. And there's some dandies, but I'm always saying to folks, listen, if you have a question, any question, 
ask us. Go to cfci.us, contact us. That email will go directly to Jim. Your question will be answered. And then if it's a question that we think, yeah, other people might have the same concern, question, whatever it might be, we are likely to use it on the show. Now, what does that mean for you? Well, pretty much nothing. We don't give away hats, shirts, gift cards, or anything like that. You just get to say you contributed to the well-being of the community by having a great question that we shared with everyone. So I know there's some great Social Security questions that came out of last week's show on ex-spousal benefits, widow's benefits. We're going to answer those. A ton of stuff on... um, Gosh, we have so many questions for next week. I'm not sure how we'll get to them all, but it's going to be a good show. So, again, thanks to Sue Cobine for being part of the program today. Um, If you miss any of it, gosh, you can go back to WGCLradio.com and listen to segments if you'd like. I know if you're on the podcast, you can speed it up, slow it down. You can do whatever you want to do and have fun with it. So have a great weekend, everyone. We'll talk to you again next week. Bye-bye. The preceding program was brought to you by Comprehensive Financial Consultants and CFCI, which is solely responsible for its content. Securities are offered through J.W. Cole Financial, member FINRA and SIPC. Investment advice offered through CFCI and J.W. Cole Advisors. J.W. Cole Financial, J.W. Cole Advisors, and CFCI are unaffiliated entities.